Oh, sorry. I was just relaxing. Relaxing. It's really warm, and oh, I'm just having a. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just having a really good time, Dan, and uh, just just stretching out in the sun. Yeah. Maureen, this is a change. This is a change of pace. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just realized we were recording, and I was just kind of stretching, and the breeze was coming in. And uh, yeah, I'm out. I'm not in the closet this week, Dan. What? uh, What? Yeah, I'm out. If I sound different, it's because I'm not recording from my closet in New York. I'm Maureen Johnson, and I'm recording from here in Mar-a-Lago. Wow. Yep. You're really living in the lap of luxury. Listen, Dan, I got sick of the winter, and I'd been hearing a lot about this place. It seemed real nice, and I thought, why not, you know, take a little winter break? And it's been not only really enjoyable but really informative uh we were at dinner the other night and oh yeah i'll tell you what uh i found out a whole bunch of stuff about i'm not saying i could call a nuclear strike tomorrow but within the week probably yeah so um it was it was a real twofer man membership has its privileges plus how was how was the wedge salad oh let me tell you something Nobody cuts an iceberg lettuce into a triangle like the Trumps. I'm not at Mar-a-Lago, Dan, but I oh. am. Oh, a, what? I'm not. I'm not, but I'm in a giant mansion in Jamaica. I am in Jamaica. Yeah. I am in Jamaica in a giant house and it's beautiful. And we're looking at the ocean and there's a big pool and everybody's happy all the time. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, the Mar-a-Lago story was more believable than the everyone is happy all the time part. I know. I wanted to lead in softly so I could kind of get you into the... That's how it's how you do it these days. What does that feel like? I'll tell you, it is very, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance because we were all sitting here because there are about seven of us in the house, nine of us in the house. And it's very, it's so lovely and fragrant and warm and beautiful. Uh And that we're all still looking at reading the news at the same time. I've isolated your problem. You figure, what is it? You're reading the news. You shouldn't do that part. I see, I see what you're saying. However, the other day when after we'd read something particularly egregious, I just wandered into the sea. <laughs> you came back out, though, clearly. This time I came back out. That's, 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 I, that's, with, uh, with each piece of news, I wander further into the sea. And so... Have a collection of rocks, slowly putting more into your pockets as you go. Dan, I did feel bad about being here because this was a long planned trip with friends and it's very beautiful and I felt bad. And then I remembered our saying, which is don't let Trump steal your joy. And so I was like, I am going to double down and be very appreciative of being here in a beautiful place with my friends and be doubly thankful that this has happened and I'm very happy. 
So I, I think there. that's wonderful. I mean, I think that we, uh, I mean, it, it, it's certainly a thing that we have talked about uh, uh, before on this, but sustaining yourself through going somewhere nice with friends, even if it's just to dinner or to their house or to a beautiful beach in Jamaica, you know, that stuff is, that's how we're going to get through this. Yeah. And boy, you know what? We're in for the long haul, aren't we? <laughs> let's get let's get down to it, Dan. There's a lot to talk about. There is. So we uh we had to take last week off. Uh for for those of you that 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 listen, uh we uh have been attempting to do this weekly. Uh both of us have uh quite a number of things that are not this podcast that actually uh sustain us financially. Um and they both of that both of us kind of had things that came to a head last week that required us to not do it. And what that means is that it's been two weeks since we uh since we last recorded. Well that's which, that's two weeks in normal human time. Right. It's it, it which is like It's sort of uh, like dog eaters now. It, Longer than dog years, though, yeah. right? Like, I mean, dog years is what seven. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had been like Maureen, it's been or Dan, you probably wouldn't have said that. Well, you could say it to yourself. If you had said to yourself, Maureen, it's been fourteen years since we last recorded. I should probably drop Dan a note, uh, and you would write me, and we're like, it's been fourteen years. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, that quick. Yeah, it's a long, that is a long two weeks. We attempted to put together a list of all of the things that had happened, and I think we gave up uh, on last Saturday. Yeah. No, I used that site, um, What the Fuck Happened Today, I believe it's yeah, called. Yeah, that guy wrote me this weekend. I'm pretty excited about that guy and that He's site. He's wonderful, and that's a great site. And uh, did I get the name right? We, we'll have to put the link in because it's... It's a really good site. So you're going to hear me adjusting on a Excuse bed. Me. It is. Uh, and you're going to hear me coughing. Hold on. Yeah. <sighs> oh, fun. Hey, uh, it's gym- called What the Fuck Just Happened Today. Okay. It's dot com. It's a wonderful site there where he breaks down. He basically makes a bullet point list every day with links. Yeah. You can also subscribe to a newsletter if you don't want to actually have to go to a site. But it's, Going, it's been super clicking useful. Clicking to the site is like con- consent for awfulness but if it just shows up in your email it is useful yeah and it really does kind of just fill you that way you won't you don't have that nervous twitchy feeling of having to check but what i thought maybe dan we could start kind of floating at the top of some of the stuff and then we can get down to as of this morning (laughs) yeah if that's okay and the first thing i did want to i wanted to ask you about um just here's this little segment I'd like to do called What's Going on Dan's Crazy Wall This Week? Well, Maureen, this week we have a, a heavily Russian dressing, I think, uh, going up on the wall. Um, yeah, we talked about I have essentially gone full on crazy wall at this point. And uh, it's there are so many characters in this mix that keeping track of them and keeping track of their various weird connections and figuring out how one person fits in with the next is truly maddening. Um, 
uh, yeah, we had uh, one of the things that really floored me, and this is yesterday, like this was yesterday afternoon, right? Uh, but feels I like feels like many days ago. You had uh 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 what's his name, the Prime Minister of Canada, nice guy, Justin Trudeau. Yes, thank you. Uh uh, he came to the White House. Um, first of all, did you see the video of them shaking hands? <laughs> yes. Have we discussed? We have not discussed Trump's handshake thing, have we? It it is an. <laughs> There will be supercuts of just Trump, and they must already exist of oh, Trump they shaking definitely hands. Already exist. Yeah, if- yeah. I actually, I think I saw Vice tweet one uh, not that long ago. But he he grabs your hand, he doesn't let go, he keeps shaking, and then at a certain point, and randomly, he pulls you towards him, right? Like, and then he'll sh- bring it back and shake, and then pull toward you. And it's this weird, like, clearly he read it in, like, 1983, like, you need to dominate the handshake thing. But uh, amazingly, the video of Trudeau yesterday, he uh, gets out of the limo, uh, steps up to um, steps up to Trump and steps in, right? So there's no distance between the two of them. So then they're suddenly shaking and there's no yank room. And you can actually, if you watch really closely, this is, to- I have like enhance, enhance, enhance up on the crazy wall. At one point, uh, Trump attempts to pull in, right? But there's no space for it. And also you can just see Trudeau hold his ground, right? He does not, he does not allow himself to be pulled. But, um, but yeah, also up on the crazy wall is uh, after that, Ivanka Trump tweeted a photo of her sitting at the Resolute desk uh, with Trump and Trudeau on either side of her. And I thought for, to myself, and I was actually traveling yesterday before I got on the plane, I, I saw the picture and I, and I tweeted out like, so wait, what is her role in government again? <laughs> well, we'll we'll be discussing that because... Uh... There were obviously important developments with that. So also, um, remember, I think it was episode seven, uh, Olivia from the Daily Beast yeah. was telling us about her go about uh, her adventures going up to Trump Tower. I believe this was episode seven, pre-election, when we were interviewing political uh, reporters we were every week. Young and, these young were, and these innocent. Were different days, different days. And she did an interview. She did a piece on Trump for, I believe it was Esquire. And she went up to Trump Tower. And she, if you listen to that episode, she tells an amazing story about what it's like inside of Trump Tower. But she gives an account of reaching out her hand to give Trump a handshake and him clearly not knowing what to do about it. That is... Yeah. Very, it's a so it's a it's an it's a one on one it's a it's a in person account of what it's like to give Donald Trump your hand a shake. Uh, so if you want to uh, add that, if because I know it says Hovians, if you are maybe starting your own crazy walls at at home to follow along, if you've devoted a piece of, um, you know, of real estate on the wall in the basement or uh, just a weird shed or something, um, definitely we're going to you know if you're going to start collaging with us we're going to have some trump handshakes and you yep. can you can br- run the string down to justin trudeau to the uh, prime minister of japan yeah uh was another handshake moment this week yeah they they had a fun time at mar-a-lago golfing yes they did golfing 
discussing matters of urgent national security on the patio. Well, the first thing I have on my list for this week is Mar-a-Lago, which is coming up more and more again. Mar-a-Lago being Trump's Trump's resort in Florida. Yeah. Where he goes to dance. This obli- I also believe this is on your crazy wall, Dan, because I know it, it's it's really needling you. Is that he seems to go to? He's going to be going to Mar-a-Lago every weekend. Again, this weekend, like. yeah, third weekend in a row. Third weekend in a row. Fourth. The, he's only had. It, I know that time feels weird, but it's good to remember he's only had four weekends as president, <laughs> and three of them have been spent on vacation in Florida. Sounds great. I mean, as someone I, who's currently in the tropics, I'm like, that's true. It's it a, is. Yeah, it's nice. It um uh we're paying for it. The estimates are it's a three million dollars a visit. So we're at nine million as of this upcoming weekend. That feels a little spendy to me. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not very good with money, so maybe that's normal. Is that normal? Well, uh, there's also the costs of additional Secret Service protecting right. his wife and child who don't live in the White House. That's true. So That's the branch true. of the Secret Service who have to live in New York City. Also, the president clocks out at 630 at night. So he's probably working less than you. I mean, to be fair, he is up at about 4 a.m. every day. To watch uh, TV. And tweeting. Yeah. That's important. Did you see, uh, speaking of tweeting, uh, the New York Times, it's hard to actually keep track of which news organizations have which stories about which security breaches that are happening. Um, But the New York Times had a piece about how much disarray the National Security uh, Council and apparatus are in right now. And one of it was staffers have to wake up every morning figuring out how to take the tweets and reinterpret law to match them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, great. That's awesome. That's a good time. But yeah, Mar-a-Lago. This is an interesting side note on Mar-a-Lago that I actually uh, I subscribe to John Hodgman's newsletter, his mm-hmm. lifestyle newsletter. Uh, and he actually and, uh, and amazing person David Rees were apparently just down at Mar-a-Lago for some un- unnamed project, which... I would imagine will be amazing. But um, he mentioned something that then I ended up doing a whole bunch of reading on, which is so Trump refers to Mar-a-Lago as, quote, the winter White House. Right. Which that's not a thing in case anyone was. That is not actually a thing. The winter White House is the White House. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't they have heat and it doesn't even get that cold in Washington, D.C. But um, interestingly enough, it was actually built originally to be a winter retreat for presidents this uh it, it, uh i i'm going to i gotta all right i should have had this up mar yeah, this, is, this is exciting it is amazing it is a truly remarkable thing all right mar-a-lago wikipedia page um so it was originally built by heiress and socialite Marjorie Merriweather Post in uh, 1924. And her intention in building it was that it could be a uh, winter retreat for presidents. And in fact, um, she ended up donating it to the government. 
um, to serve that role and no presidents ever used it. And it reverted back to her estate and then they sold it to Donald Trump. So he's been obsessively collecting like presidential memorabilia. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. someone who buys a, a a police uniform and then tries to pretend to be a police officer or something, or like I'm going to buy a, a fake uh, presidential retreat and yeah. turn it into a real one. A real presidential retreat. Yeah. And then I'm going to be there with the prime minister of Japan, who I'll call the president of Japan because I don't know what is what. Uh, and, um, and then uh, North Korea will launch a missile. And I will continue to uh, uh, eat my weird dinner of uh, salad wedge and burnt steak um, while all of my soon-to-be-discredited national security advisors are running around me uh, taking uh, – like, I, I, you've seen the photos of this, right? They mm -hmm. made it – they made it to Jamaica of him literally sitting in the middle of the dining room of people. Yes. Surrounded by AIDS, there are no lights. So, Maureen, what are they using to light their confidential documents? I believe they're phones, Dan. Yeah, they are using the flashlights on their phones. You know what's a really bad idea, Maureen? Uh, when you're handling confidential documents? I'm going to say, is it using a phone that could be easily hacked? Yeah, it's pointing a camera at them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, yep. I I wish I was on a beach right now, Maureen. Dan, after I believe of the many times I've I've wandered into the sea, it was definitely one of them. Was after reading about the the telephones pointed at the documents. Yeah, and I, I mean, went into the. And then they're just like all the photos of it all happening. And there's like one dude who's like, hey, this is the guy, names his name, that handles the nuclear football and codes. Like, I've taken his photo and I'm going up to, uh, going to put it up on Facebook. Yeah, Everyone have a nice day. Nice little Instagram of the nuclear yeah. football. Yeah. I was saying earlier that, and especially because we were talking about uh, Flynn at breakfast, which we're getting to, um, that this is like reading Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but as written by idiots. <laughs> In which they're like, are you the spy? And the answer is yes. Yeah. And that one of them's an actual tailor and not realizing that's a code name. And they make real baggy ass suits. I mean, it really is. It, it, go ahead. Uh, it 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 defies. In, says Huvians, maybe you're feeling a little head spinny. And uh, again, we record this because we never actually said it says who. It's not a podcast. Oh right, yeah, we forgot that part. Well, this is says who. It's it, it's a podcast. It's not a podcast. It's a coping strategy. And we're trying to help you cope with the fact that it's not just you. And we all are watching this and having to learn far too much. I feel like we're doing like a Rosetta Stone program of foreign policy. And yeah. like every day we all have to learn this stuff because uh, in the weird feeling like any one of us might have to take over at some point. 
<laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we all have to learn this because because we may be needed or something. Like it, it's this feeling of urgency of someone has to do something. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Is it you? Like which one yeah. of us? Which one I mean, of that's, us? That's, like there, uh, that is a very good point, right? Because like one of the things about the Obama administration, and there's certainly valid critiques of of decisions that were made, but I don't think that there was anyone that was ever like you know, like the a defining. They were very competent, right? Like it was like this is. These are competent people doing a thing. I may not agree with them, but clearly they are very competent. And man, that feeling of every of of just pervasive incompetence really does give that feeling of like shit, I'm as good at this as they are. <laughs> like, I sort of feel like say we'd hired somebody to take care of our house or the outside of the house. Yeah. And then before it was like we woke up before and we'd hear the lawn mower in the distance and we'd look out and see that the lawn was mowed and like everything was basically secure. And now it's like we wake up every morning, the trees are knocked over and the patch of the lawn is on fire and there's like th shit coming out of the ground and someone just bursts through the door on a rider mower and is now just going through the living room, riding on an incredibly dangerous lawnmower that's and you and the constant feeling of if i don't watch he's gonna run me over with that rider mower yeah that's one way of looking at it and then you've got um it, it, to, to continue the metaphor then you go to your uh uh gop congressman and you say um my house is kind of fucked up and they go what house and you'd be like that one right there with the burning lawn and the and they'll go what are you i don't see a house like that is the level of like like there was a point where it was like oh donald trump is gaslighting america and now you realize like holy shit it's the entire republican party right yeah. like they have all subscribed to like yeah you know what gaslighting is a pretty good policy here we don't even know what you're talking about well, I guess we could we should probably get into it because there was a let's talk about what happened this morning with this morning being Tuesday, I believe Tuesday, the 14th of February. Val Happy Valentine's oh, Day. Happy Valentine's to you as well. And says who you are our Valentine. Um, as of this morning, actually, last night, as I as we were going to sleep, I I still have news alerts on my phone. Oh, so, what? I don't know why. So oh I God from maybe two outlets. And so my phone just started going. Yeah. And I was reaching around the dark. Where's the phone? And then I kind of picked it up and held it and squinted. And what's this? Flynn. Flynn resigns. Huh? Huh? Oh, Flynn resigns. What? And then I went to sleep and I woke up to see the the weird transformation of Matt Lauer into hard-hitting journalist. Ah. <laughs> uh, and you, what? I, the breaking of Kellyanne Conway? She really She does not look well. Yeah. Oh, we should maybe back up, contextualize back up. for the for the very smart listeners that have not been paying attention to the news. Let's do the record uh, scratch. You're probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the new 
eight hour episode of says who um so michael flynn is a insane racist islamophobe who happens to have been the uh national security advisor for donald trump that is not a position that needed to be confirmed by congress so they could really fit a super nut in um but throughout the latter half of the campaign and then certainly afterwards there was also just a number of questions about certain entanglements uh uh of Michael Flynn and the Russian government and Maureen if I can invite you over to my Michael Flynn wing of my house's crazy wall okay um like there are questions of certain entanglements is defined as the dude has like sat at multiple fancy functions in Russia right next to Vladimir Putin. He has like gotten accommodations. Like it's not like, Oh, you know what? One time uh, I saw him at a Russian tea room. Right. Yeah, he's like, no, this is like not even worrying about photos or things like this. He is a paid commentator on Russian Today news like this. Like, yeah. So it was not a particularly big leap to people saying, hey, your national security advisor is most likely compromised, if not just straight up working for Russia. Um and yet, uh, you know, he he kept, kept, got got through. Uh, there were stories even before Trump was president. Do you remember those days? Those were good days when he before. Uh, we were young. We didn't live in bunkers. Uh, but before before Trump was president, he uh, there were. stories that were quickly batted down by uh by the trump uh crew that he had talked to the russian ambassador multiple times uh the day before um obama announced uh various actions toward russian diplomats and sanctions towards various russian companies because of their involvement in manipulating our elections outcome um and now it turns out that was all true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he tended his resignation last night because uh, the Washington Post basically had definitive proof of it over the weekend. Uh, but the real reason he tended his uh, uh, resignation was not because of talking to Russia, but because he mischaracterized the conversations with Vice President Pence. Yeah. 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 And... uh was also rumored that that well a um the white house has known about this for a while i would argue they've known about it all along but even if you want to take you know various the- reporting is that he was they were warned a month ago by the acting head of the justice department that's the best case scenario yeah uh and you know continued to have him along on the various vacations to mar-a-lago and uh, all of that but anyway, that brings us to this morning, Maureen. This morning. So this morning, Kellyanne Conway went on the Today Show looking not super well. Whew, yeah, like hit by a truck. And I don't mean that in terms of her, like, attractive. You know what I mean? I'm not talking no, about her physical. No, like, she, just 
just really um, looking like someone who was maybe short of sleep. Yeah. Short of some vitamin C and D. She had that look of just like, I've seen some shit. You know, just like, just, yeah. And uh, she was trying to give some spin to Matt Lauer about what had happened. And uh, like important to remember, she is essentially unflappable. Yeah. You know, like every every time she is on TV, you can literally tell her anything and she will just turn it right around, uh, insult you and explain how you are completely wrong. And uh, that, you know, in fact, we have always insisted that the sky is the ground and the ground is the sky. And why would you imply anything else? Right. Like she is unflappable and today today matt lauer flapped her flapped her yeah pinned her down and and said you know what you're saying your explanation makes no sense and uh how would you describe her i mean it was a it's a kind of flinch uh yeah it was a it yeah it was it was something. We should we should link to it in the show notes. Yeah, she she it was someone who'd run out of road. Yeah, that's it exactly, right? It was like who like that moment in like a uh in like a in a roadrunner cartoon, right? Yeah. Where the the coyote runs over the cliff, keeps running, and then suddenly looks down. And yep. that split second of of look on his face before he just begins to plummet. That is the, actually the Kellyanne Conway's moment is where you get the freeze frame and the record scratch and her saying, you're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. That's that moment for her. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know how much sympathy I have for that, Dan? Hold oh, on. lots, let, right? Let me get let me gather it up. Let me just get all my sympathy for this. uh Oh, you know, I don't seem to have any. Oh, oh. weird. Weird. I really That's thought weird. you were going to have a lot. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm looking She's for it. She's such a sympathetic figure. And it just doesn't seem to be here, Dan. Weird. That's super weird. Yeah. Odd. Yeah. So, uh, so this morning we've lost our friend Michael Flynn. Yeah. One of my favorite things on press from this this morning is uh, uh, Representative Chris Collins, who's a Republican rep from New York, seems to have been the only like he drew the short straw this morning and was like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll go talk to press. Uh, And the press asked him, like, how come nobody really on the Republican side has said has said anything about this, any of these accusations, anything like that? And his explanation and I've got this up because it's so good. Quote, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's Valentine's Day. I guess everyone's having breakfast with their wives. No. Yes. That's right. I'm pinching. I'm, I've got my, I've got, I'm doing that thing where you pinch your nose and you've got your hands over your eyes. Like I. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Like, there is no one at the wheel, Maureen. <laughs> there is no one at the wheel. I would argue with you that there are... So I follow, and we don't know if this is a real account, but boy, is it entertaining, is 
uh, Rogue White House staff, and or I believe it, the actual account is called Rogue POTUS staff on Twitter. Right. And it, they claim to be people who work within the White House in some capacity who are horrified by what's going on, Rogue POTUS staff. And the account has so far checked out. Um, it seemed fairly accurate in terms of you know, them saying stuff and it kind of happening, happening. Um, but, uh, they talked this morning about how I just want to find it. Um, the good, the, my favorite tweet of theirs of this morning was the good news for POTUS is that in accepting Flynn's sudden resignation, it gave him leverage to negotiate the return of his phone. Such a deal maker because someone has taken his phone. Yeah. His phone was gone all day yesterday. So we do know that someone has, I think, uh, well, let's get down to it. We have to do a segment called What's the President Been Tweeting This Week? Because <laughs> that is a, that is where a lot of these stories lie. So let's have a look here. Now, there's a lot to go by because he's gone on many Twitter storms. One of the one of the most recent tweets, uh, February 12th, just leaving Florida. Big crowds of enthusiastic supporters lining the road that the fake news media refuses to mention. Very dishonest. It's true. Definitely. He's, he's uh, in in the presidential grammar. Fake news is always capitalized. Right. That is true. And is also literally anything he disagrees with. That was a, a tweet not not that long ago. It feels like it was maybe uh, in 1941, but in fact, it was just about a week ago where he said, any negative polls about me are fake news. Yes, indeed. But we have a couple very positive things to talk about that also relate to a tweet that I'm looking at. So some positive things that have happened in the last two weeks. And the biggest one by far is the Trump travel ban getting slapped down. Over and over and over again. Which resulted in the all caps tweet, see you in court. The security <laughs> of our nation is at stake. See you in court, which now joins she persists as the two yeah. phrases given to us. See, it's all happened in the last two weeks. It has. See you in court, Maureen. See you in court. Said to a court. Said to court. <laughs> that you had just come out of. Yes. And lost. Decisively. It's not, it's not just you guys. This is all really happening. So, yeah. a beautiful yeah, the, thing happened. The travel ban being lifted or and, and, and just that succession of victories... To the point that now I believe they have had said that they are probably not. Well, at one point they said they won't pursue it to the Supreme Court. And then I think it was 15 minutes later, Sean Spicer came back with a different statement, which said they're not ruling out any of their options, which is uh, a wonderful little thing that have you seen that they have to keep doing, which is like, we're issuing a statement. Oh, here's the new statement. You know, like somebody got in trouble. Here's the new statement. We are in a completely adversarial position with the president. It's the president has po in a, that's the problem. I mean, it's obvious, but it has to be said out loud to sort of be comprehended on some level is that the president, it's the president versus us. 
Yeah, but I think it it's sort of the president versus everyone, even sure. internally, right? Like, I mean, that was certainly one of the things that that stuck out to me during the election was he rolled over his staff a few different times. You know, he uh, it's pretty well documented uh, that, you know, his main seems to be his main approach to running a business is to set all of his employees against each other. Right. In like like it, like essentially his business philosophy is Lord of the Flies. Right. And then whoever comes out, it gets his uh, respect for a minute before somebody new comes in. And like, that's clear that's happening in the White House, too. Like, just this morning, he was like, why are there all of these illegal leaks coming out of Washington? It's like, dude, they are coming out of your, like, from your employees. Yeah, who do you think Washington is? Yeah. So I saw somebody, I can't remember who tweeted yesterday. They said, you know, there are about 20, like, there are about 20 people in the White House that are, like, in the inner circle. And at any given time, 10 of them are leaking about why the other 10 should go, you know? And it's just like, Jesus, it's true. Yeah. So just to let, I'd like to, just to take a moment to build a picture starting from kind of scratch of what this White House looks like. And we have several accounts to give us a picture. So we have a house that a large White House in Washington that many staff members. So first of all, it's not fully staffed. Oh, not by a, by a wide amount. So it has a lot of empty desks. It has a lot of uh, just, you know, it's large and spacious, but it's got there's a lot of people not doing jobs that need to get done uh, because they've either left, been fired, won't work there, etc. Uh, we have rooms that no one can light because the people that <laughs> they can't know how the to work, switches. the people that know how to work the light systems aren't working there anymore. So they sit in the dark. We have a president who has a, a cluster of, you know. Steve Bannon, Kellyanne Conway, Sean Spicer, Reince Priebus floating around him in this, but they clock off. Then the news, the news, my friends, imagine in the space, the news is going kind of nonstop in the corner when it's not showing things like Finding Dory. (laughs) And this is a real Monday to Friday situation. That, oh, ends, yeah. that ends at 6.30, at which point the president puts on gym jams, goes upstairs alone yep. to his quarters where he wanders around. Because his, his wife and 10-year-old son did not move to the White House. So he wanders around watching television while Steve Bannon sits up all night and Kellyanne Conway chews broken bottles and pulls out clumps of her hair. And to make a another day of trying to make all this shit make sense. Sean Spicer, who is not long for this world, I think. Oh, no, he is. He is on his last week. Easy. Also, it is chewing gum. He's just got all this gum in his mouth and he's trying to write press releases that make sense of all of this garbage being thrown at him. Again, let me find my sympathy. And everybody's got everybody's working for the weekend, Dan. Yeah. Everybody's working for the weekend. Someone, it's because it's almost Friday. And on Friday, we all go to Florida. Yeah. And hang out in a big hotel. So that's a picture. And yeah. at, meanwhile, the president 
is in a constant uh, kind of trying to get his phone back so he can tweet at us in the middle of the night. When you actually start to accumulate this picture in your mind. And I say this as someone who's currently, because I, I usually live in a small space. And now I'm in a, in a larger, because it's, you know, down here, it's a more sprawling space. And I sort of tried to imagine myself as, as this and wandered the halls. And I even put on a bathrobe just to try to get a sense of. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I put on the bathrobe and I really? had my phone and I was really? tweeting. I was just serial, just getting into the mind of the really, of the I character. Did. I Man. put on the I put on the bathrobe and I got my phone out and I was tweeting and I was yeah you know, I was like oh this I I I'm, I'm I still didn't get there though I didn't get to the mind space but I do think it is such an evocative you know it's not a president who's up at eight you know who's in his office yeah. at seven thirty in the morning in a suit calmly reading through. A correct daily briefing, yeah, a like briefing, a, yeah. and going through things in order, and working yeah. late, and you know, no, this is this is your crazy uncle, um, watching only Fox News or Alex Jones or whatever it is he's he's watching now because he's the only who believes every conspiracy theory on the internet. Yep. I ha- Dan, th- this is what some of my relatives behave like. Literally, oh, yeah. I have people in my family and some of them are gone, but like, this is what it was like. I had an aunt who never came out of her bedroom, who had a refrigerator installed in there and only spent her time listening, lying on her stomach on her bed, listening to crazy talk radio and writing notes down in tiny pencil writing, like spidery handwriting and collecting weird clippings from the newspaper. She also collected all of her money in peanut butter jars. That sounds amazing. That, wait, we can just, we can put fridges in our bedrooms? That's the yeah. thing we can do? So oh. she wouldn't have to come downstairs because she hated my uncle so much. So oh. that's sort of how I, I picture Trump. I taking the wrong lesson from this conversation. Yeah, you might be. Like, no, Dan, it's not. Ooh, like a full-size nope. fridge? Or like one of those no, college a, dorm it a, fridges? It was like a college dorm fridge. Mm, that's a Because little... she survived, she Could survived on coffee. I, I think you probably could. Size. Now, Dan, I really I want to just take a moment to try to discourage you. I feel like we've we've gone down the wrong path. I don't know. I don't think you should it put a fridge pretty, in your room. Hey, we always say Trump shouldn't take my joy, and now my joy is having a fridge in my bedroom. How would you get to your crazy wall? Oh. Huh. Yeah. Uh. Also, she only basically only survived on coffee uh so how would you get I'm pie already there how oh, would you get yeah. pie how but would you that's get what the fridge is for yeah it but you can't warm things up so how would you get like barbecued sandwiches or chicago those beef sandwiches that you like oh, and man, the italian beef yeah uh this is this is outside of this but i will point out maureen dropped me an email during our, our two-week absence it said hey i have a character that i'm writing from chicago uh where would she eat and how many emails did I send you? <laughs> it was quite a number. I believe I finally caught my own self when I sent one that ended, oh, here's a great poem about Harold's chicken shack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I was like, I need to stop. Yeah. If you want to, the closest way to Dan's heart is to, um, you know, feed him, you know, if you have pie or sandwiches or anything like that, 
that that's you can easily lure Dan to your house. It's true. The wedge salad is really the reason why I don't think I'm cut out for Mar-a-Lago. I'm Sounds fine gross. with the salad. You but can. The, I like a salad, but just a chunk of iceberg lettuce that seems gross. Seems can gross I, to me. Can I talk about the wedge salad for a minute? Sure. Okay, so cooking is my hobby. I love to cook. I'm not like one of those really fancy cooks. Like I, I'm not like a, oh I make this and that. And I'm not like that at all. I just always read cookbooks as a hobby when I was a little kid, and I still read them. And I just like to make stuff with what whatever's on hand, like soup and things like that. So I'm always like make soup. Like I just kind of like I'm like a real home cook, but I really enjoy it. And yeah. I love making. Sal- I'm vegetarian too, so like I love making really good salads. It's really fun, um, and the wedge salad tends to be the province of the uh, of the steakhouse, and it is bullshit because it's dumb salad. I mean, I like iceberg lettuce. It is a yeah, under yeah, it is yeah. underrated lettuce. I am in full agreement there. It's got a good crunch, but it should be shredded or torn yeah. into because that is I. When you shred iceberg lettuce and especially you mix it with like a, a burger dressing and put it on a burger, a veggie burger or whatever burger, that's some tasty stuff. Yeah. I highly recommend it. But it's so lazy to just wedge it. It's so. So it really is just a chunk of iceberg lettuce with some salad dressing on it. Yeah. And that's the thing is that the it's always a thick dressing. So it's. Uh, it's not evenly, it's like you've spread butter on it. So you have to, first of all, spend about a half hour cutting this thing that, you know, it's going to fly everywhere. It may have a piece of bacon stuck on top. It is some, it is the, it makes me, it's making me really bad. (laughs) Oh no, the wedge salad broke your tropical serenity. A salad should be edible. Like, I don't want this bullshit where you're just like have a i'm gonna throw a cabbage at your head that's not a fucking salad that's not a salad dan i I, we're right i'm right there with you you put your if you respect your salad you put your greens in manageable pieces yep you mix your 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 contents with love and if you're just gonna pour that shit on top dan if you're just gonna pour that shit on top i that's not a salad it's not gravy. It's not gravy. It's dressing. And each leaf should be dressed. Gently. It's not complicated. You just toss it around. It's just another way. It's just another piece of Trump bullshit. Like their shitty cocktails. And their shitty hotels. And their shitty steaks. And their shitty bottled water. And their shitty wine. And their shitty ties. And their shitty leather-covered desks. And I'll tell you something else. Ivanka Trump can eat my entire ass with that Nordstrom line. (laughs) We've gotten there. Oh, man. Holy shit, Maureen. Dan, I mean it. There is no one at the Maureen wheel anymore either. (laughs) Wow. Our major controversy of this week, man, is that we just earned our parental advisory sticker that iTunes gives us. Was that too far? No. Was that too far? (laughs) These motherfuckers get what they deserve, Maureen. (laughs) Dan, 
that Nordstrom stuff, because that was on my list, Dan, and I didn't know that the wedge salad would get me there. I didn't know that the wedge salad was going to get me to Nordstrom's. But I'll tell you what. In the middle of the week, the president stops everything because Nordstrom's, in an act of corporate responsibility, throws that garbage out of its stores and the president stops to tell us we all have to buy his daughter's shit. And then Kellyanne tells us we all have to buy his daughter's shit. And Spicer. And then Spicer. All these motherfuckers can go collectively share a bag of dicks, Dan. (laughs) And I'm going to shop at Nordstrom's from now on. And I'm going to shop at Sears, which already got rid of it as well. And TJ Maxx throwing that stuff out. Thank you, TJ Maxx. And all you stores throwing out that. Uh, Dan, I'm pacing now. I'm pacing around the room. I was going to say, if you turn around right now, you're going to discover that organically grown out of the wall of your Jamaican retreat is your very own crazy wall. I am a... Uh, somehow like I have lays attaching instead of yarn, but it's a little more tropical. And I, even though I, I do not possess the biological capability to grow a beard, I'm already growing like stubble. <laughs> and like, I, I don't wear glasses, but I'm suddenly wearing glasses and my hair is like askew and I'm smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, another thing I, I'm going to, I'm going to, sh- I proudly shop at Nordstrom's now. I just bought a dress from them. And I was very happy to do it. Thank you, Nordstrom's, for providing me a dress I needed for to wear to an event. Now I have a dress. I'll be happy to be your customer. There you go. So if you were asking, Dan, I don't like wedge salads. And I don't, I don't think that they are – I don't even think they count as salad. I don't think you can count something as a salad that's just a piece of a vegetable that you didn't do anything to. Maureen, the next – the next protest you go to, which based on outrage calendars has mm-hmm. to be very soon, I'm sure. Sure. Uh, I want you to have a big poster that just says a wedge salad is not a salad. I will because it's not. I mean, there are people that would argue this point, And I think we could have a really meaningful debate about whether or not the wedge salad is a salad. But I was about to start again. I know. I was going to go around. Right- I think that uh, uh, I'm gonna take says, a deep breath. Says I'm really well, sorry, you guys. Represent at our next uh, at our next protests with wedge salad is not a salad posters. I just hold on. I I really apologize, everybody. I just we all have our moment where we we tune into the frequency of of our rage and upsetment. You, like we're like yeah. we're, and I tune the radio dial, and I got full reception. You're there. No apologies needed, Maureen. I went into a kind of fugue state, Dan, where I think I forgot, like a meditative state where I forgot my setting. And I sort of left the room mentally and I was just sort of levitating up into the sky. So, I'm really, I apologize for my language. I'm not sure that was me or it was a purer form of me, a truer form of me. In any case, shop Nordstrom's. It's like you're, it's your you you're you're emerging yeah. as the eat a bag of dicks butterfly, Maureen, coming yeah. from your cocoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are offering a author. Trump to eat your ass as a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> eat my beautiful butterfly ass, Ivanka. 
Oh. Is what Maureen Johnson would like to say. Look, if you're a teenager listening to this, just stay in school. That's all I've got. I just. Uh, <sighs> um, I should, to, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to shift gears. I gotta breathe through my nose through a minute. I am I I have I have rarely found myself in the position where I'm 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 attempting to bring things back up, uh, but I'm going to. And uh, I would actually love to share. Uh, so we get contacted quite often from from listeners, uh, tons of folks on Twitter, um, a healthy stream of folks sending us emails. And um, I actually got an email, which, man, this email feels like we got it a long time ago, but it was within the last two weeks. Um, and uh, both Maureen and I found it to be pretty amazing. And uh, actually wrote to uh, the woman that wrote us and asked if we could we could share it on the on the podcast. And so I think maybe right now, Maureen, is a good moment. I'm good moment take, for this. Email. I'm sipping some water. Yeah, you, you take a breath. You drink some water. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, it, it says I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to trim trim the top a little bit. But um, I'm sweating <laughs> says uh, hi. Hi, Maureen and Dan. I live in a usually conservative western suburb of Chicago. World Relief, our local refugee resettlement agency, said they've been getting a lot of calls with questions about what the executive order meant. This would be the the travel ban. Uh, So they threw together an informational night. They said they were originally expecting maybe 40 people to show up. But the, the event, they had to move the event from their office to a church just in case some more people showed. Dan, Maureen... A thousand people came. Oh my God. A thousand in Wheaton, Illinois, of all places, on a freezing cold night. The cars overflowed the parking lot and into the surrounding streets. We were absolutely violating the fire code by how we crammed into the sanctuary. The speakers included a man who moved here as a refugee a while back and now helps other new arrivals settle in. Afterward, he left to pick the very last refugees who will arrive in Illinois until the ban is lifted. A woman who gave us some facts about the current refugee crisis to correct any information people had picked up from Fox or right-wing clickbait. A former congressional aide who walked us through the basics of advocacy, calling reps, setting up meetings, etc. They closed by reading from Isaiah 59 about God being displeased with injustice, but more appalled that his people were not intervening. The mood was intense. During the Q&A, this crowd of Western suburbanites, mostly from churches and a few from synagogues and mosques, we're asking for tools to mobilize. It was the most help I felt since the most sorry most hope I've felt since the election. Not hope that all of the evil of white supremacy and xenophobia will be defeated overnight, but hope that morality and relentless compassion might win out over partisanship. Hope that we're not all alone. There are more of us, even in a, in a very evangelical suburb. And there was this there was that sense of absolute moral clarity that Maureen talked about back in November. I hadn't had that until last night. I was too busy panicking. I have a sense of what I need to do now. Whew. That was from uh, from uh, a listener named Alyssa. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you. I've been to Wheaton, Illinois, Maureen. Um, I've have, I have friends that grew up there. And uh, the way she classifies it is is correct like it is a there's actually an evangelical college there like it is a heavily heavily conservative part of uh the chicago suburbs i it's so amazing that email and i just have to say it stands in even 
starker contrast to my my rant of a few minutes ago, and I again just want to want to apologize to everybody. <laughs> uh, so- sorry, just sorry. No apologies, Maureen. You know, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I'm not really sorry. But I think that that's to me. I mean, you you mentioned like I, you know, the the, the wedge salad hit that moment of outrage for you and it started me on the journey. Yeah, and I think that that is the thing that is truly fascinating to me is the mobilization that we're seeing. You know, I mean, again, it feels like we have been at this for years. It has been three weeks and four days, I think. Um, And yet, look at the numbers of people we can get in the streets. Look at the support we can get for lawyers that are literally camped out at airports right now, helping refugees and other folks that are getting held up still, even though there is a ban um, at customs and immigration. Look at all the people that, that turned up in in Utah. This week. Yeah. You know, just the thousands that came to Utah or didn't come, just showed up because that's where they live. Right. To to shout down that fucking motherfucker Chavitz. Right. Like this is all happening. Right. Like the outrage that that is happening. Flynn resigned because the Washington Post didn't let up. Right. Like and and people are on the defensive because those of us that are in the streets are not letting up. We aren't going away, right? And where there are only more of us, you know, my wife uh, mentioned before, you know, we have a one-year-old. She's often out. He's now mobile. He likes to walk. So they're out walking uh, the neighborhood and she'll get stopped by people um, in the neighborhood kind of asking, hey, have you heard about this or that? And, you know, what? we're kind of the freaks of the neighborhood. Like we, we don't really get people stopping us. We're sort of the people that they're like, Ooh, our property values went down when those people moved in. Right. But like now it's just like, Hey, have you heard about this mobilization? Have you heard about that one? Um, It's remarkable. Yeah. And also I'm going to read the other email that I absolutely loved, which is a little shorter. Sorry, I'm just updating. I have to go back to the screen. I'm getting a little spinny wheel here because uh, the spinny wheel is me right now. (laughs) I really went into full spinny mode. I'm just clicking. Sorry. Here we go. All right. Oh, come on, spinny wheel. I reset myself, spinny wheel. Get me some slack. All right. I'm sorry, Sisuvians, as I'm trying to get to this. I'm trying to get to this. God damn it. Dear Morin and Dan. Just thought you'd... We also have permission to read this. This is a great one. Dear Morin and Dan, I just thought you'd appreciate hearing that my boss's daughter knows that Trump is stupid because they talk in the playground about him. She's five years old and we live in England. That's from Harriet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everyone... Yeah, children. Children get it. Yeah, children that aren't even living here. And, you know, I know that children are just parroting what their parents say on some level, but I think that even kids, it doesn't take much for kids to pass into the level of understanding of that that there's lying going on or there's things that don't. I mean, you have a son yeah. who's 11? Yep. Oh, yeah. He's fully in it. 
he 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 that's yeah there are moments at at home where we have to be like okay you know what we're not going to talk about trump anymore <laughs> like we need to take a trump break uh because yeah he's fully in it he fully understands you know um but at, at a young age even like i remember the, the the john mccain barack obama election and you know he was listening and we were listening to npr or something in the car and you know he engaged and he he had to have been what i can't move backwards that do math hard math uh he was young and i remember him engaging my wife in a conversation about like how come he's saying we shouldn't be nice to other people, basically? And it was like, yeah, that stuff's pretty straightforward. Like, kids get that. Yeah. Right? Like, somehow these adult wedge salad eaters don't. But otherwise, I think that's the thing. Like, it's pretty clear. There's not a lot of moral gray area on this. The wedge salad is... And I'm not going to go back on a tear about the wedge salad, but it is such a perfect example of the of the pretension. <laughs> Of the fake classiness, of the getting the best people. I have the best salad. Yeah. And getting such a cheap, you know, crappy version of the real thing. This is a guy who's easily fooled by smoke and mirrors and gilded edges. You know, it's the appearance of of class, the appearance of professionalism, the appearance of competence. And, and the wedge salad really, for me, really gets to that. And I mean, I know that this is a long fight, right? Like that there are things that we will have to survive. And I will also point out, I am a white man Right. Like the threat level on me is a lot less than than others. But like um, like this is not over tomorrow. Right. This is going to affect an incredible number of people and is already affecting an incredible number of people. Yet last night when Flynn resigned, Maureen, I just had this moment of like, I think that I think we're on the way. You know, and we've talked on this podcast a number of times that when when this orange motherfucker is deposed or impeached or resigns or whatever is going to happen, we're off to Disney. Right. And last night I sent you actually sent you a tweet. I think it was quite late and you were already asleep. And I said, you know what? I don't think we need to book plane tickets yet, but I think we can start picking out ears. Wow. And what rides we're going to go on? Maybe not plan the rides yet. I mean, w- other than all of them. But, okay, well, uh, I, I, I know my ride. I mean, Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. I'm actually reading a book right now about the Haunted Mansion morning, uh, about how they made it. And it is fascinating. Oh, it's a really good story. There's actually a... a I, which oh, I have to remember which podcast, but I, I should put a link to it in the show notes. There's a great, it might be, um, uh, uh, stuff, stuff you should know possibly. Oh yeah. About the making of the, it's either that or it's stuff you missed in history class. It's one of the two did a, an episode on the making of the haunted mansion. Uh, and it's really good. It's good stuff. 
it there's is a lot, there's a lot of really interesting stories about the making of the haunted mansion i just find it a very relaxing place it is it's nice it's dark it's co- cool yeah it's lovely it's nice it's a good place but anyway i think i think we can start looking wow my i this is what i have my eyes on right now i have one that's double-sided listen you guys there's a lot to be positive about that we have the first court the win now that's a that's a long complicated story with that's going to have more to it but got his ass handed to him. Those lawyers did a beautiful victory lap on MSNBC where everybody came yeah, out. It was like did. an Oscar speech of like, here's the person who did this. And now we're going to introduce so-and-so who did this. And everybody came out to kind of give credit to like all the people that worked on this. And it was beautiful. We had people turning out in Utah. We had people turning out. I mean, people turning out all over. People breaking phone lines calling we had the washington post relentlessly following the story we had a lot so many journalists out there following the story and we had melissa mccarthy doing sean spicer um which in and of itself may have doomed sean spicer yeah oh yeah that's why he'll 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 leave because a woman is playing him now on tv yeah so never forget how how this is a guy who who has a lot of vulnerable points and someone will be the thing that bursts that bubble. And everybody just, you know, take heart in all of the people who are going out there every day and it's hard, but we're also coming together in a lot of ways and there's so much to take hope from. Shop at Nordstrom's, shop at TJ Maxx if you need stuff. If you want, you don't have to. I'm just saying, like, if, if you need to go shopping, those are great places to shop because the unofficial sponsors. <laughs> this, this may not. episode of says, who brought you by TJ Maxx? Save the max for the minimum at and, TJ Maxx. And Nordstrom's. Ivanka Trump can eat my entire ass. Shop at Nordstrom's. They did not want that as an ad slogan when I proposed it to them. I think they're good with it now, though. Like, yeah, you know uh, what, Maureen, you're right. They, uh, they may have back. They may have changed their position on this. At the time, it was a little revolutionary when I proposed it two yeah. to three years ago. They were like, we're not sure where this is coming from. Also, who are you? And I was like, listen, this will be relevant at some point. And now they're like, we're a little bit more interested in what you're saying. Yeah, They're like, so, oh, you know what? We're changing all of our signs. It's now eat my astrums. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Anyway... Forgive my language and shop there. It's a, it's a very nice store. It clearly has its head going in the right direction. Uh, wedge salad is not a salad. Um, so well, uh, and I, I, if we, if you guys want to hear more about salad in the future, just let us know. I'm very <laughs> salad cast. If you want to, if you spinoff podcast, we got to start listening flashlight cast but jen's got his crazy wall maureen salad bars so you know another place we can always visit <laughs> uh maureen there is a there is a there is a a caribbean sea beckoning you just outside your doors i feel terrible you guys but but actually no by the time you listen to this i will still be here leaping around the sea you can tweet at me angrily or tweet at me and say i like where you're going with this uh at maureen johnson on twitter I'm at Dan Sinker on Twitter, and you can reach both of us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can also send an email. We like emails, and look at we started reading them on 
the podcast at and we, hey, H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. We read them all, and they mean a lot to us. They really, really do. They are amazing. I think Dan spends a lot of his time crying reading the emails. I do. I'm a big softy, Maureen. You really are. I am. I, I am think, a big softy. I think you have been exposed as the soft one, and I am the strangely profane one. It's true. What is this? What has happened? <laughs> Welcome to Trump's America. Uh, our theme music is uh, composed and performed by the wonderful Ted Leo. Our show logo, Made with Love, by Darth. 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 Our friend Darth, who is still sleeping, but will soon waken. Like a ass-eating butterfly. No, I, I, a butterfly that asks people to eat their ass. Uh, just... Uh...